how do you land a thing like that? You don't. <laughs> you just eventually look for the cloud to go through and try and bring it down. But you know, it's kind of like thinking, you know, when God's going to take you and I to where we actually should be, it's not going to be comfortable. Have you noticed that? Because sometimes we get to the end of what we've, I want to use the word rehearsed, in the sense of we know we're comfortable, we kind of like go over there and then, you know, then we say, okay, right, I've had enough yet. But then every now and then God just wants to push you a little bit further. And then I don't know what to do because it's like new territory for me and, and then I'm either like a fish out of water and then I can either shut down or I can say, okay, Jesus, now I'm throwing myself in your hands. And my experience in life, you throw yourself in Jesus' hands, he'll never drop you. Amen. So, so just did it. And, and, and Sally, thank you for... I'm, I'm so excited for you. I really am. Um, because it's a new season. You're going to see God open up some, some supernatural stuff for you. Um, and, and up to now, life has almost been like it's a slog. And it doesn't get easier, but somehow on the inside you have the ability to see things in a totally different way. So watch the space and, um, and share your victories. Share your victories because it's going to inspire other people to be able to do that. Are we back to normal again? Hallelujah. Anyway, so that's great. Hey, listen, just want to say welcome to an amazing family. They come from Sunningdale. And, um, and, and stand up, you guys. That's a belief. I want to tell you, no, I want to tell you why. I just... Okay, so, so yes, listen, really blessed to have you here, but here's the deal, okay, so they were with me, if you pick on me, they're my backup, okay, so, <laughs> so nice to have you guys with us, God bless you, yeah, sure, okay, so um, we're going to do, Ilana, are you there, can you hear me, where, where are you, Ilana, Ilana, you're hearing me, cool, I've got you, ah, you see now, okay, so we play tag team over here, and um, I'm tagged with Ilana. So what I want to do is, is tonight I want to start something that we're going to now unpack over the next couple of weeks. So I'm really asking you, you, you know, if you want to build a building, you can't miss a stage. It's very important that you do it right and you get the right things in place and all those kind of stuff. So we're going to start to unpack Hebrews chapter 6, um, the, the foundations of our Christian life. So tonight what I want to do is I want to just kind of like give a bit of an introduction to it. Again, thank you to Jasmine for the amazing um, PowerPoint that you're going to see. Remember, I fired myself. So, um, <laughs> so um, you know, I come out of where I did everything and now I realize there's other people that can do it better. So I am so happy. About that one. So we're talking tonight on growing needs a proper foundation. Growing needs a proper foundation. Now here's the interesting thing is every now and then I've got to go and check my foundation. Because a foundation you don't see. Walk around the outside of this building and you don't see the foundation. It's underground. And it's hidden. And, the, and sometimes because it's hidden, we don't go and check on it. So when, when COVID hit and all that kind of stuff, and we were pretty much confounded to home and all that, um, I've, I found that, that uh, TV program, um, HGTV, where you'd re renovate houses and that kind of stuff, and sometimes they'd buy a house, and the whole side of the house was like going down, and they had to go into the foundation, and they had to go and pack it up and get it back to, to stop the cracks. And maybe you're finding cracks in your life, so you need to go to the foundation and go and see where is this foundation sagging. 
so we can prop it back up again. It's not impossible, just takes a little bit of work. So we're going to do that because I believe that God wants to build something huge. Thank you for three. I'm going to say that again. Maybe, maybe I'm going to face this way. So maybe if you don't hear the sound system, you hear my voice. I believe God wants to build something huge. Ah, you see now. Okay, but here's the next thing. A foundation is very important. Because you can only build on the foundation of what you've, built it, you've, you've put it there for. So if you want to build a single-story home, it's only going to handle a second single story. If you want to build a multi-story building, you can't do it on that foundation. How high do you want to build? How high do you want to go? How far do you want to go? We have to put that foundation. I want you to know, I want to go the whole way. So I'd rather go to my foundation and everything that Jesus requires of me in my foundation, I'm going to shove it in there. So I'd rather start building a one-story building, but I've got a 10-story foundation. And as God starts to keep stretching me, so I still, I've got room, I've got capacity to be able to do this. Is that okay? So Galatians 4.19, Paul's writing this and he says, My dear children, with whom I am again, Underline that in your Bible. And whom I am again, in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. So Paul's writing to the Galatians here and he's saying, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your children. How many of us as parents, we've been having our children and all of a sudden around the table when we're having a meal, all of a sudden we notice a bit of a difference. And you think, hmm, what's going on here? No? Or, or, or are we the only guys that do that? Do that? Yeah, we, we pick up, hey, listen, there's, there's change over here. And Paul, he's picking this up in the Galatian church. He says, something's changed, guys. In fact, you go back to Galatians 3. He says, who bewitched you? Why did you start off well and now you've gone back to where you used to be? Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life I've gone back. And then I've had to start again. Somebody's had to kind of like coach me and, 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 and I've had to let the fire of God go again. So the background to this is that the first Jew converts in Galatia, Galatia and most Jews struggle with the dual identity of Judaism and now all of a sudden experiencing Christ as the Messiah. But because of the, the environment that they were in and that many were still in the Judaism culture thing, there was a lot of pressure on them to let go of those things and to start to serve Jesus like they should. Some of us are the same thing. You, we come out of a, a, a world and a friendship circle and, a, and an environment and things that we used to do with our spare time. And now that we're serving Jesus, there's still a very strong pull to go there. So the new relationship with Jesus as the Messiah and, and the Jews were putting pressure on them. So I, I'm sure your friendship circle wasn't like mine. You know, ah, oh, come on, man. You know, you... You know, why do you want to be such like a square pig in a round hole? Come on, just, just one more time. On. That one more time is kind of like the, the thing that breaks the camel's back. So they created much conflict in the church, and in Galatia, Paul is addressing this issue. So when Paul says, I am again, that can speak of two things. One, we, we're back where we started. And I pray that we're not there. We're not back where we started. He's talking about where there, uh, there's not a good foundation. Maybe we've backslidden. We've become lukewarm. We, we, the fire of God doesn't burn on the inside of us like it used to. 
And all of a sudden, our Christian life is stunted, and we, we just in this like maintenance mode. I, I go to church because this is what people expect, and I'm, I'm too embarrassed for that phone call. Hey, where were you? We missed you. By the way, I bring greetings from the north of the Borovus Curtain this morning. Brackenfell, they say hello to you. So, um, anyway, and all of the second one is we're into the next phase of growth, and it's childbirth again. It's new things again. It's stretching again. Have you, have you ever felt in your life, you can like, yeah, it sure would be nice if like, life would just relax and this pressure um, of, of, and the new things that I'm learning is like, just slow down a little bit. <laughs> I've got good news for you. It's not. It's just going to keep on. New things. Breaking paradigms. Changing perceptions. That's pretty much what Jesus was doing here. And the things that were being said this tonight in our worship, that's what Jesus said. Come on, let's break a paradigm. Let's, let's get out of this mode. You, you, you're almost like that rocking horse. You're staying in the same place, doing the same old thing. Come on, be wild and jump on a real horse. <laughs> Just make sure that um, you know how to ride that horse. Yeah. <laughs> I've jumped on a horse before, and um, it didn't listen to those things that were in its mouth. And life was very, very challenging. Okay. And so what happens is we're in a new phase. There's a whole thing of, of an increase in our commitment, an increase in our faithfulness, an increase in loyalty. Yo, I need more grace. And it, it seems like I'm missing the mark more than I'm hitting it. But it's okay. You know why? Because you're growing. You're growing. It's like when we take our children and we kind of start stretching them and they don't get it right. And they say, what's wrong with you? Get it right. No, we don't do that. Say, no, don't worry. Come here. Pick it up. Joel, when he was learning to walk, yo, I tell you what, I felt like a terrible parent that day. So he's, he's at that stage. He's wobbly on his feet. And Shirley's standing there and, and I let him go and he goes. And you know that their heads are too heavy for their balance. The problem is that he fell against the door. And the corner of the door hit him square here. It put a V in his head. It was there for a couple of weeks. I'm thinking, Jesus, will he ever be the same again? <laughs> yes. So Paul saying here, until Christ is formed in you. And Jesus wants to form you and I into reflecting him in the most amazing way. In spite of you and me. So that, and the Bible says that you and I are carriers of the presence and the fragrance of Jesus. So I don't know if you've ever walked into a room and, and, and there's, there's an eau de cologne or there's a perfume or a whatever. And it like hits you when you walk through the door. Doosh! That's it. That's the presence of God that God wants to, to uh, permeate out of you and I. So that wherever people come, they walk smack bang into that. And it's not a judgmental thing. It's a love thing. And they know Jesus is in the room. And so we're talking about a progress of growth, changing of heart and attitude, changing of behavior, all those things reflecting Jesus. Now in Matthew 19, 13, it says this, Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place their hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When, we were, uh, when, when he placed his hands on them, he went on from there. And I love that passage of scripture. Because there's something about, the Bible speaks about a child coming to Jesus. 
A child comes with absolute innocence. Might get everything wrong. But their absolute innocence, they just come, and if you say it's like this, they just believe you. There's, there's, they, they don't question that. And the Bible says, if you and I want to receive the kingdom, we have to come as little children. The problem is, the older we get, the more image we become. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. You kind of have this image, you know, and what are they going to think of me? And, 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 what, and then the, the, can you imagine what people are going to be saying? You, know, and you walk around town and people look at you funny. Oh, they must have heard the story as well. But once we're in the kingdom, we're expected to grow to maturity. Don't stay children. You come in as children, but you don't stay as children. You have a child attitude, but we need to grow to maturity. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. So there's something of my behavior that needs to go. And um, you see, when we first respond to Jesus, we, we, and we're accepted, and we come as babies. And you know what? When a baby is a baby, their behavior is acceptable. How oh, cute, oh, good, 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 all that kind of stuff. But the problem is you don't get that reaction when they're 20 years old anymore. Can you imagine if you still had to change somebody's nappy and they were 20? Lord, help us. No, don't do that. The problem is, is that spiritually we come and then we stay there and we're still having our nappy changed and we've been serving Jesus for 20 years. Then I have to say something's wrong. Because if I took Joel to the pediatrician and you know they've got that piece of paper and the graph and the development and all that kind of stuff... I'm sure he would have had something to say about, listen, this boy is not developing like he should. And, and, and so when we're shepherding people, we're always asking the question, Jesus, is this person developing like they should? Are they taking the opportunities that are coming their way? Are they, are they, are they, are they growing? It doesn't have to be in leaps and bounds, but as long as there's a steady growth, growing at the right rate at the right time. And so after 20 years... You're not acceptable on certain things. You see, maybe when they were tiny, they threw a tantrum on sparse floor. It doesn't look good when you're 20. Now, I'm talking about physical things, but you know we do that spiritually as well. Somebody comes and sits in your seat where you normally sit in church on Sunday. <laughs> I remember, I think it was like two weeks I was here, I came and I put my stuff over here somewhere, and then when I saw it again, it had been moved, because somebody else was sitting over there. It's fine, it's great, I never bought the chair. <laughs> it wasn't you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm using as illustration. <laughs> well, whoever that was, I want to tell you I love you, and thank you for moving me, because I saw church from a different angle that Sunday. <laughs> so we, we throw these little tantrums, you know. Um, things. I need to say, after 20, serving Jesus for 20 years, foul profanity shouldn't be coming out of our mouth. You know what that is? Swearing. We should have, after 20 years, been able to get control of our tongue. And when I hit my hand with a hammer, it's not, bah, 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 bah. it's, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> after 20 years still wanting to have milk at every meal time 
and no other food. We're in that. Say again. A mukse. I'm talking for a meal. <laughs> oh Lord, thank you for Tracy. But, <laughs> you need to eat vegetables. You need to eat meat. You need to change your diet. I know it's nice. Ice cream is lacquer. I love ice cream still. But you have to have that other stuff. Otherwise, you're not going to have the stamina and the strength that you need. And so what happens is we need to do that. Wanting people to serve you and not wanting to serve somebody else. Not acceptable. We get in a place where, where now we're looking around and we're saying, you know, where can I be handy? Can I throw something in here for free? I'm not going to charge you any extra for this statement. Okay. Do you know that if you have to tell somebody to do something, they're not a servant? <laughs> I read a story this morning to the Brackenfell folk. And it's about a guy that um, he had to leave school early. Um, I think he was 14. No, yeah, 14 when he had to leave school because he was one of eight kids. And so, um, and this was back in the early 1900s. And um, so he became, he went and worked in a workshop and then he studied a little bit and eventually got into a car um, a mechanic kind of thing. And then there was a specific company that he wanted to work for. And um, so he, when he said he, when he was ready, he went to the company and he just wanted to inform them that he was going to be there for work tomorrow. And so when he gets there, he see the, the boss is actually there and he says, I just come to inform you that I'm going to be here for work tomorrow. So the boss says, and who hired you? He says, no one yet. He says, um, he says but if I'm not, if I'm not any, adding any value to you after a period of time, you can fire me. So the next morning he's there before anybody else. And um, he notices that the floor's kind of got metal shavings on and it's a little bit greasy because it's a workshop and whatever. So he grabs a broom and he grabs a shovel and he cleans everything up. Didn't have to be told. Servants look with different eyes. Servant looks at what needs to happen and just do it automatically. Jesus said, you want to be great? Learn to be a serf. So, so what happens is that becomes part of the foundation. So growing is always challenging. And it's going to challenge everything. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Promise you? Because there's, you go down a road. So, so here's the thing. People love to kind of like be pastors. I want to be a pastor. It's great. Until they get the job. Until you have to do your first funeral. Then all of a sudden, pastoring changes. It's like, no, no, I don't really like this one. You know, the, 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 all the nice things are great. But then all of a sudden, there's the horrible side. And, and, and every job has one of those kind of things. And so what happens is going to be challenging, and growth requires taking responsibility and maturing at the same time. Taking responsibility. So, in Hebrews chapter 5, the background to what we're going to be dealing with, people are being addressed, um, and they come out of the Judaism, so it's pretty much like the Galatian church. Here they come out of Judaism, the writer um, is establishing Jesus is better. Okay, then everything else. And Christ is supreme, complete, uh, um, sufficient for salvation. All right. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, and then we'll come down to Len. It says, uh, verse 11, it says, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are still slow to learn. Another Bible version says, dull in hearing. I know he's not talking, remember he's talking to the Hebrew church, he's not talking to Esmeet PM. 
Verse 12, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you the elementary or the basic simple truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who will by constant use, underline that in your Bible, by constant use. Our growing is by constant use, doing something consistently. Used, uh, by constant, uh, constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So, our our foundation, if it's not good, your life is going to be like a yo-yo. And that's what my life was like when I uh, first got saved. Never got anybody around me, never really had anybody to help me, kind of finding my way by myself, up, down, up, down, up, down, like a yo-yo. And and you're wondering, are you ever going to get anywhere? And our progress is limited and our understanding is all stunted and we have learning gaps. Have you heard that word before, learning gaps? Okay, your child goes to school and they miss a whole bunch. Everything that you learn at school has, it's like a puzzle that's making this bigger picture. If they don't get there and they miss out and they don't catch up, they have learning gaps. And so what happens is, and, and, that, and that's what I want to say to us. Remember, we are almost like a, it's, we're like a massive vehicle going in a direction Everything that you miss out on, it's a learning gap or it's, a, it's something that's missing in your life. You're, not, you're getting left behind. And so make it your goal. If I'm not here, because I know we go away and we're going to have family and we, and we need to do that. But make it your goal to catch up. Make sure you put your finger on it. What happened when I was away? I don't want to be missing stuff. And so we grow in those whole things. Now where am I? Don't know. Learning gaps. Ah, so... The strongest unit that God's ever built is called family. That's why we're building family. And it's very interesting that right now, society wants to pull families apart. Have you noticed that? Because the older generation have got no clue about technology other than using it to have my sermon on it and I can see something. But man, the younger generation, they're living on this thing. And... I need to tell you, it irritates me. Why? Because when I want to have a conversation with my son, a cell phone become more important. And a tablet become more important. And watching Minecraft and da-da-da-da becomes more important. And then I want to break that thing. Literally. I'd rather, yeah, no, leave me, leave, leave me leave that one alone. <laughs> so we, so what happens is the world wants to destroy the family unit. The world wants to destroy the family unit. He wants to detach us. He wants to get us so we're missing out and we feel like we don't fit. And so we've got to keep ourselves connected to the family. And God created it to incubate and to develop things in our life. So it's amazing. Guaranteed. If you had to go and ask everybody to be honest over here, there's somebody in this room that irritates you. You see, you don't want to answer it. Okay, I'll answer it for you. There is. <laughs> if there isn't, you are. Okay. 
<laughs> and so that's one reason why God puts us in family, because we like sandpaper, and we can grind each other, and we file off all the rough edges, and, 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 and it's amazing. But let me tell you, and, and this is again, this is how God works. You know, when, when you are in the world, and somebody who's not saved treats you badly, it's kind of like water in a duck's back, because you say, they don't know better, and you know, they're just unsaved, and they've got the devil in them, and whatever. But when somebody in the church does exactly the same to you, it's like, that's it. I'm out of here. That's what you call church. I'm finished. Hello? The same thing. Why come you didn't hate that one and now you dislike that one? What happened? See, because we have glasses that we look through and we think that Christians should be behaving better. And we become offended. And we da-da-da-da. Instead of stepping back and saying, okay, Jesus, what are you dealing with in my life? See, because if my foundation is strong, then I'm going to realize that people aren't my problem. The devil is. He just uses anybody he can to get to me. That's it. So, and, 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 and most of the time, the enemy gets to you and I quicker through Christians than he does through non-Christians. So guess who he uses? Your brother right next door. And he stands on your toe. And then you're mad with him. So remember, every learning phase I miss, I come around the mountain again. True story. I uh, heard somebody who, um, uh, there was, there was a, a grown-up person, I think he was like 30, in his 30s, and there was something that he was struggling with and went to, I don't know, was an OT or a whatever. And to find out that apparently he went from crawling to walking without, I mean from the, the sitting to the walking or something without the crawling. Or, and so that actually affected his coordination and his, you know, you've got your cross-line thing. When you try and do those exercises, you feel like you're an octopus that's got too many legs on and that kind of stuff. And so at 30 years old, they had him crawling in the office to catch up, to develop those things that he missed. So if that is normal and needed for us physically, I think there is a principle here that we can connect to our spiritual life. Amen. You're getting very quiet on me, so I better stop now. Uh, where are we? And most of the things that we go through when we are young have developed us for today. And so there's a parallel between our physical and our spiritual, and they are called learning phases. And if you and I want to come to full maturity, then we have to go through those phases. And we're going to have to go through the grinding. And we're going to have to go through the falling. And we're going to have to go through bumping your head. And we have to go through the opening your mouth before your brain thinks. And you have to go through all those things. Because that's how we learn. And then the next time you realize when the Bible says, put a guard in front of your mouth, it's actually very good. Because it saves you some trouble. And the other thing that we're learning when we do this is that discipline becomes an important part in my life. Because if you and I are not physically disciplined, how are we going to be spiritually disciplined? Steve, are you okay? Okay. It became quiet in here. So there's no one that can point a finger to anybody over here because we all go through this all the time. So let me tell you, me coming to Edge Meet 
has rattled my cage. And I've had to start to kind of like answer some things and work out some things. And why? Because it's a different place. Different people. Different everything. And I can't rely on anything that I did know because that's not working for me. So I'm having to work this thing out. And I was so glad that Steve was, was, was leading tonight because I'm just thinking, Jesus, where do you go with this? This is so nice. I'm going to stay here all night. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so great. In Romans 7, 25, it says, So then, I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So I've got to always be reminding myself there's a fight that's going on on what I want to become spiritually and my flesh that still wants to become the old. And I've got to keep on killing the flesh so that I can be, keep on becoming the man and woman that God intended me to be. And the quicker that we learn that thing is going to be better because in 1 Samuel 15, 22, so here the, 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 the Israel is going to war, I think, against the Philistines and um, Samuel is supposed to come and do the whole sacrifice before they went and he was late and the army, the, 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 the soldiers were kind of like getting nervous and they were starting to abandon Saul and he was getting like, like ah, what's going to happen? And so he takes things into his own hands and he, do, he does the sacrifice himself, which he's not allowed to do. And then Samuel arrives. And Samuel makes this statement to him. He says, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. In other words, my obedience becomes the key in my going forward. So, and then Hebrews, we're landing on Hebrews 5, 12. It says, in fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. By this time, talks about there's a time span that's gone past and something's missing. So based on all that kind of stuff, and, and me being new in here, and, 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 and new people have been added to the church, and all that kind of stuff, we're going to just go back again, and we're going to go and reestablish and look at our foundation. Is that okay? And then from there, we're going to catapult. Have you, seen a, have you seen a stone come out of a caddy? God's going to catapult us into some amazing things. Last scripture. Ecclesiastes 9, I'm leaving the rest. Ecclesiastes 9.11, it says, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned. Listen to this. But time and chance happens to them all. Another Bible version says, Time and opportunity come to us all. God puts opportunities in front of us, and whether we take it or not is up to us. But you get there by every opportunity. Somebody said, the opportunity of a lifetime is in the lifetime of the opportunity. Opportunities are not open all the time. So if I had to walk past that door, I would walk, the door would be there, the door would be gone. And sometimes I have to, with doors open, walk through it. Because if you walk past it, the opportunity of that door again might not be there. So let's take the doors that God's going to open. Let's go and revisit. If this gets uncomfortable, join me. Okay. Because it's like uncomfortable. But it's so nice. It's like walking on water. Can you imagine Peter that day? Jumping out the water, knowing, because he's a fisherman, he knows. You stand on that stuff, you're going swimming. It's finished. And all of a sudden, it holds him. And it doesn't make sense to him. But he only obeyed one thing. Jesus said, come. And I want to say to you, 
God's voice to you, come. Come. Storm's rough. The waves are kind of like wild. It's Cape Town there. But come. Come. Will you come? Will you obey? Will you say, okay, I'm leaving everything. Because everything that I destined to become is all in you, Jesus. So I'm coming to you. And if I have to unload the bus, let me unload the bus. Is that okay? Wonderful. So we're going to start next week. So if you want to, you can go and read the beginning of, of Hebrews chapter 6. Okay? And then you can go and start the things, see the things that we're going to do. If you want to start your own little study and whatever, so that when I'm talking, you say, yes, yes, yeah. You can do that. All right. Come on, let's pray. Shall Father, I want to thank you that we are so blessed to share our lives with amazing people like this. Thank you. They are a gift to us from you. And we are so grateful for every single person. Thank you for the value that they've added to this congregation, to our lives and to other lives. And I'm asking that God you would bless them. I'm asking that you would expand them. I'm asking that you would establish them. I'm asking that they would become the fragrance of Jesus that they never ever thought that they would become. Pray that their heart will never be divided. That God, they would love you more than anything else. That they would count the cost and pay the price. They would follow you in Jesus' name. I pray that you would bless their homes. I pray that you would bless their children. I pray that, Lord, wherever they work, that company would thrive just because they're there. I'm asking that you would demonstrate yourself in an absolutely amazing way through every single one of us. In Jesus' name. So, Father, would you help us look at life through different eyes? Will you help us have a good attitude in whatever you're going to do? And I thank you that we will look one year from now, and as we look back, we will say, wow, God, you have been good. You have done so much. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just for a moment, just sit. Just don't worry about anybody else. Just allow Jesus just to touch your heart. Breathe upon us, Lord. Breathe upon us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. While we're just in this attitude, is there somebody here tonight? Maybe you come in here visiting. Maybe you've been here a while. But you know your life is not right with Jesus. You've maybe been like I was. That you've come, but you've really not surrendered everything. And as we're speaking now, you're realizing maybe that's the frustration in my life. And it's the time for you to surrender completely to Jesus Christ. Maybe yeah, you've never done that. You come to church a lot, but you've never surrendered your life. If there's anybody in this room tonight that we can pray with, pray for. Because Jesus is reaching out to you and he, he wants a relationship with you. That's why you're alive. That's why you breathe air today. Is because God created you, but he created you that you would reconnect with him. And if you're not, I'm asking you, will you be bold enough today to say, yes, I'll give my life back to you, Jesus? Is there anybody here? Will you just put up your hand very quickly? I want to pray with you. Pray for you. Anybody? Everybody loves Jesus. 
We thank you, my Father. Thank you for every single person. So now, Father, we're excited about this week that's ahead. I know that there's many opportunities that you're going to give us where we'll be able to make a choice of either falling onto the flesh or yielding to the Spirit. I thank you we will choose you above every, every time. We will do that in Jesus' name. I thank you that we will surprise ourselves because we've made a decision. We want to serve you with everything that we have. And so will you help us, I pray? Thank you, you're the answer to everything. Thank you, you're the one that stirs us, you strengthens us, you build us up so we can face every day. I commit everybody to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Thank you so much.